the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And we are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at Underdog Fantasy with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 contest for a chance to win a million dollars. That's UnderdogFantasy.com. And of course, while you're downloading apps, do not forget to download the SGPN app in either the App Store or the Google Play Store. It's available for you today and you can get all of our picks and podcasts right in the palm of your hand. Once again, that's the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And I'm back. Jeff Fox is back. Hallelujah. I have returned from my unspecified off-the-grid location, and I am back in your degenerate ear holes. I hope you all didn't miss me too much. Uh, I'd like to thank, once again, Kurt Chase Patrick for filling in for me. He did a fantastic job. Um only complaints was he was far too uh, civil to Mr. Gumby Vreeland, the co-host. So I'm going to make sure I take care of that this week. Um, we have uh, some abuse to um, that, that has been building up over, over my vacation. So uh, once again, welcome to the podcast. This is episode number 57, and it's going to be dedicated to two players from my Beloved Montreal Expos. Well, they're my second, were my second favorite team back in the day, but 57, big unit, Randy Johnson, and 57, the kid, Gary Carter. So this goes out to those Montreal Expos. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. If you're listening to us on our MMA Gambling Podcast feed, a great job. That's what we've been instructing you to do. If you are listening to us in the SGPN feed, if you can find our dedicated feed and subscribe and listen to us on there going forward, that would be great. And if you want to rate review all that jazz that people always tell you to do um that would be great too now as for my aforementioned co-host um let's get him on the podcast so i can uh uh make fun of him for uh picking uh, monstrat coheo uh two weeks ago or last week when he obviously knew she wasn't going to win uh this would be the uh, toughest man on in your ear holes is what I'm, i guess i'll call him and the baddest purple belt on the planet it would be daniel gumby vreeland hi dan i'm back so i i did recognize that it was a, a objectively a bad pick while i was doing it but i will say you know she she did what i expected her to which was to rush forward and pressure she just never got to the point where she was holding on to amanda lemos um because it turns out amanda lemos hits really fucking hard yes yeah so you and then we we messed up i forgot to identify malcolm gordon as being canadian and so of course he screwed us over because i don't think there's a way around the canadian screwing us over if we pick them they're gonna lose if we don't pick them they're gonna win so i i guess identifying is not really gonna help us in that case so but regardless um just want to mention i was nine and one dan was eight and two um which is basically, I would like every week to go like that. Me beating you, but both of us doing very well. I think that would be, uh, that basically is, it would be the sweet spot for me on the podcast. So, 
Um, so where have you been looking for your abuse in the week that I've been off the air? Like at uh, your family, at home, or is there like work or online? What, who, what, where have you been getting the abuse you usually get from me? I mean, typically if you write enough about MMA and your thoughts go on Twitter, you get plenty of abuse there. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I said something one time about Sean O'Malley's stock going down uh, because of his fight with, with Chris Mutino. And I didn't mean that, like, people would be written off on Sean O'Malley or that Sean O'Malley's not still good a prospect. But, like, you know, he's lauded as this guy who's got this, like, one-touch power and is incredible and nobody can take his punches. And somebody took about 200 of that <laughs> bastard's punches uh, and was still moving pretty good. Uh, so I-, I just said something about his stock going down and Mutino's stock going up despite the uh, – the outcome of the fight, and uh, yeah, I took a lot of hate for that, so that that pretty much carried me over until your return. Did you see his sweet tattoo he just got, Sean O'Malley? I've I've, I've seen I've seen it. Yep, Takeshi six nine gave him a six nine tattoo on his shoulder. It's cool because um, yeah, Takeshi six nine's a cool guy. He uh, what he's been busted for what child pornography and racketeering and weapons and drugs charges. He's he's a cool dude. So. Glad Sean O'Malley's got uh, got people like that in his corner. That's good to hear. Don't also, come at me with the hate. Sean I also lovers. don't. I also don't know what's what's lamer than having another man tattoo his name on you. Like, yeah, that's, that's true. Some real yeah, that's, stuff, dude. <laughs> I was gonna say that, that happened in prison. That's, maybe that's where uh, Mr. Mr. Six Nine uh, learned that. Um, Mr. Was, was Six in prison. Nine. <laughs> I think that's where. Yeah, I think that's how I have to refer to him as to be or to be uh, respectful. Um, and not to bury the lead here, the biggest news story of the week uh, I saw on a news – this is a legit <laughs> news site. I won't name the site, but I sent it to Dan already. Uh, a couple of days ago, was uh, the headline was, Holly Holm gets a sunburn, and it looks painful. So I want I want your reaction to that, Dan. I know it's kind of shocking, and it, it's it's hard to talk about things like this, but, but what are your <laughs> initial thoughts on that? The hard-hitting pieces that you've you've been meaning to cover and, and just haven't gotten the time. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I would say the fact that the palest MMA fighter on the planet yeah. next to uh, maybe Alex Morano is probably the only paler MMA fighter out right. there. So the fact that the palest, second palest MMA fighter in the world got a sunburn seems like you could probably just gloss over that one and call it a day. <laughs> but, hey, guess who clicked on it? Cause I'm like, well, I got to see the sunburn now. It must be <laughs> special, but no, it's just a normal sunburn. It's your run-of-the-mill sunburn. It, yeah, pretty yeah, sure it, it looked like a, a pretty bad sunburn, but, like, yeah, yeah. like it didn't look like – you know, like her skin wasn't bubbling or anything. Weird. No, it was, yeah, this is MMA, folks. We're, we're used to a lot worse than that. So, but yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm not naming the site, but that's a legit article. But hey, it worked because, like I said, I clicked on it, and now I've mentioned it to all you people. So you're all probably gonna <laughs> gonna Google um, Google uh, Holly Holm and Sunburn. So, um, so I think that was the biggest hard hitting news story of of the week that that we have to cover before we uh, we dive into our um, exciting. Oh, I know. What I was going to ask you. Are you it, it's not gruesome enough to go on your phone, right? What a sunburn? What? Oh no, <laughs> a, a sun, a sun, sunburn doesn't make it on there. Not even close. Yeah, just wanted to make sure. Okay, good. All right, um, we're going to actually break down some fights for y'all this week. Uh, UFC and ESPN: Sanhagen versus Dillashaw. First, let me tell you about WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Jonas promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. 
All right. Um, so we got this one. Um, I didn't mention, but if you don't haven't listened before, I run MMA-Manifesto.com, the MMA site. Dan writes for it also, and I rate uh, fight cards based on, on how strong they are on paper, based on how strong the fighters are um, in terms of record and stuff like that. So uh, UFC and ESPN San Diego versus Dillashaw rates very high. It's, it's a very good uh, fight card. The main event's one of the best, like, one of my highest rated main events we've had since, probably since since we had a title fight on. A, I think we had a Figueredo, did we have Figueredo Benavides on a fight night? I think we did. Um, I would imagine I think, that was a fight night. Yeah. I think the first, I think the first one was. So anyhow, it, this is a very good card with a very, uh, strong main event so it is like i said ufc and espn sanhagen versus dillashaw aka ufc and espn 27 aka ufc vegas 32 which is probably what i'll be using um for most of my articles uh it is as the title suggests on espn main card espn espn plus at seven eastern and prelims also on espn espn plus at four o'clock eastern so a nice early start time not um massive fight card either but ufc will find a way just like last weekend what there was seven finishes or something right at Makhachev versus moises out of eight eight, eight out of ten eight ten okay so there's ten fights which is way less than normal eight of them are finishes and still somehow it was like well over five hours of uh of programming which is just drives me nuts there's no reason to like other sports don't don't do this you don't like if a Baseball game ends early. It ends early. That's just the way it goes. You don't drag it out with a bunch of fluff in the middle of it. So anyhow, that's my rant. But I don't watch these things live anyhow, so I just skip through all that crap. But still, uh, hopefully this one's a nice, quick one. Um, starting at four is nice, though. So. And um, let's kick things off, shall we, with the prelims. Diana, is it Balbita or Balbicha? Or, I, I, think or Bel- I think it's Balbita. Belbita, I thought since she's Romanian, it might be something special. So, uh, she's fighting Hannah Goldie. Now, first of all, um, she, Belbita is, I've realized, secretly Canadian. Did you know that? She trains in Canada with Kyle Nelson. Yeah. I did know yeah. that. Yes. She trains, that's, that was the city I was born in, Stony Creek, Ontario. I lived my first six months of my life, so that's where she trained. So, um, now, like I said, I don't think there's a way to get around Canadians screwing us here, so, uh, I guess we just, Go ahead here. If we pick her, she's going to lose. If we pick Canigal, uh, uh, Belvita's going to win. So that's just just the way she goes. But let's, let's break her down. Uh, Belvita is the warrior princess, and Goldie is 24K. I think I like 24K better because the play on the last name. I, I'm going to throw it up to uh, – I'm going to pick the warrior princess in this one as a tribute to Xena from the 1990s. <laughs> yeah, I thought – I think we talked about this before. I think this is the second time Xena's come up on this That's, podcast. It's quite possible. Also, I will throw this to you. So you said the yeah. play on the last name. Do you know her last name is not Goldie? Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. No, last, I didn't know her that. Her real last name is Goldschmidt. Uh, oh. Which I knew when she was on the regional scene, she like they like actually used her full name, Hannah Goldschmidt, a couple of times, um, including a win over Jillian Robertson. And I thought it was like a completely different person when she appeared on the Contender series. And then like I saw her come out, and I was yep. like, "What? Ooh, there wouldn't be a Hannah Goldie and a Hannah Goldschmidt that happened to look that much." Older. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know if she's just hiding that that last name for some reason. Um like the the old hollywood thing where you didn't want your last name to sound jewish but like yeah i feel like yeah, times have, no. the, the times have changed enough you could be a jewish hope, mma yeah. fighter like <laughs> you'd hope so yes but yeah i um i don't approve i i say go with your last name this happens when um 
women fighters get married too sometimes it gets confusing like what is this the same person or not because they if they if they take the uh their husband's last name yeah, like, things things can get confusing when like they're trying montana, to be like uh, like montana stewart do you know montana yeah stewart? Well, yes exactly montana de la rosa yeah. yes exactly so all right uh, enough of uh aside here this is the show of the sides we, we talk in brackets i think pretty much uh the whole show um all right warrior princess 13 and 6 six knockouts four submissions all of her losses are via submission uh, she's 0-2 in the UFC, and she lost her last fight via submission. Imagine that. Uh, that was way back, though, in July. Actually, not all her losses. Excuse me. Uh, four of her six losses are via uh, submission, So, and one of the two in the UFC. So her last loss was a submission loss, but it was way back last July, so she's been out a year almost exactly. Um, she was previously a flyweight. This fight will be at strawweight. You, has she fought strawweight before? Do you know off the top of your head? For Belita, I think yeah. she may have, like, very early in her career, but not in some time. Okay. Yeah, I'm just wondering about the weight cut and whatnot. Okay. Um, she actually used to fight like Bantamweight way back when. Really? All right. Well, you may want to keep an eye on uh, betting on this one until you get to um, get to the actual weigh-ins on Friday morning uh, around lunchtime or so, usually, uh, Eastern time, and see how she looks in the scale, see if she makes weight Fighters who have missed weight or have only won 38% of the time in the past year and a half. So it's something to keep in mind. But And she will definitely be the larger uh, fighter here, even if, if uh, she does come in on weight, because she's got three inches of height, seven inches reach. Uh, she's also four years younger. Uh, grappling stats in her favor. Um, she's plus 100, and she's training out of my birth city. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Goldie or Goldschmidt, 5-1 uh, and one with one knockout. She's never been finished in a fight. She is 0-1 in the UFC, so that was her only career loss. Uh, she was 1-0 in the Contender Series before she got into the UFC. Striking and active striking stats in her favor, but it's pretty, it's only about two fights for each of these women, so it's not a huge sample size. She's at minus 125. Um, I, I'm wavering on a lot of my picks on this card. I, I was going to mention that before we head into it. I found this card a hard one to handicap, but I read a really great article on the Warrior Princess today on MMA-Manifesto.com. So, <laughs> I, and, and the guy who picks who writes those columns for me, his, his record's fantastic for, for picking people. So uh, at least for that column, they're, they're not so good at other places I hear. Uh, but anyhow, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go with her. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to obviously go with Danielle Bel, or Deanna Belbita too. Um, look, I, I was pretty high on Hannah Goldie when they signed her off the contender series, but the more I watch her, especially if you go back and watch that Miranda Granger fight where she just got blasted on the feet is that she seems to have trouble with reach. Um, she also didn't do well in the clinch against Miranda Granger, and Miranda Granger is very much an 115-pounder. Um, so for Hannah Goldie to have a lot of trouble with her, and yeah, she's fighting Bobita, not only somebody who is going to be much longer, going to be much bigger, going to be much stronger coming down from 125, right. formerly 135, um, but she's also really great in the clinch. Like, if you watch Daniela, or uh, De- I keep saying Daniela, it's Deanna Belbita. She can change her name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> her Deanna- name is Daniela Belbita. <laughs> so, Deanna Belbita uh, did a really great job of keeping Leanna Jojua up against the cage in that fight. And Jojua is a really strong fighter, flyweight in her own right. So, for Belbita to put her up against the cage that many times, to have really good clinch work, her underhooks were great, her body lock was great, her body lock takedown was great, because she even took Jojua down. She just got caught in a submission when you get, when she got there, and I just don't see Goldie as being the type of person who's going to catch her with a submission, and if that's true, 
Like, I think the position battle is going to be won by Belbita here, and I, I think that's enough here to probably win her a pretty easy decision. Yeah, you don't see seven-inch reach advantages very often. You know, like that's that's pretty huge. Yeah, that that's a lot. And like I said before, if you look at Hannah Goldie's last fight, part of her yeah. problem was the length and boxing of Miranda Granger. Right, like she just picked her right. apart from distance because Granger is also very long. So now yeah. she's going to be fighting somebody else who's also very long. It, it just, I think these odds are way too close, and, and they even favor, you know, Goldie in this fight. So I, I think, you know, these odds are way off considering that huge size discrepancy. There you go. So um, Daniela Belbita is the pick. <laughs> I, once once we're done recording, I'll make the 40-minute drive or so down to her gym, and I'll let her know that she has now been renamed uh, thanks to Gumby. So, all right. Um, before we move on, have, just quickly, did you find this card hard to handicap also? I see I've got a lot of question marks beside my name for a lot of my picks. Or was this, like, Makashev versus Moises was very straightforward for us, and it turned out great. Uh, this one I'm finding a lot harder to, to make picks on. There's a couple I've, I've wavered on back and forth, but I think, like, my initial instinct on all of them is where I'm going. So I, I okay. didn't manage to talk myself out of any of them, but there were ones I had to see if I was going to talk myself out of. Okay. If that makes sense to anyone, okay. We'll, we'll move on. Women's flyweight. Uh, so, Jarrah Eubanks, uh, her nickname is Sarge with the J, um, and she's fighting Elise Reed, who has no nickname. So, Sarge, you win. Um, Reed will be making her debut, and this is short notice. Um, I believe she just fought back in May also on the regional scene. Um, she is 4-0 and as a pro, two knockouts. Seven years younger than Eubanks. Uh, like I said, this is your debut, short notice. I don't have much else to tell you other than that. She's only had four fights. None of them, I don't think any of them are even in big promotions either. C- or, CFFC or, is a pretty big right. promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's not bad, yeah. Yeah, I think they're not a big one. Yeah. Um, so, anyhow, she's she's really uh, inexperienced uh, at this point, um, but has fought on CFFC, is true. Uh, plus 240 is what you get for her. Uh, Eubanks, 6-6, six six, two knockouts, never been finished in a fight. Four and four in the UFC. Uh, she's lost her last two fights. She was three and zero on tough, and then missed out on the uh, fighting for the championship. Was it weight cut? Wasn't it? With yeah, her? It, was, it was weight cut, which is interesting too because yeah. this one's going back to flyweight. So right, you know, we, we talked yes. about Belbita having trouble with weight with a question yeah. mark. This might be it too. Yeah, very true. Uh, so three and on tough. She was two and one in Invicta. Also, um, she also is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion. She's been—I didn't really know that until I dug more into it. But yeah, she, she's been in a bunch of competitions, got a bunch of uh, medals, including a gold. Uh, she's an inch taller, five inches of reach, minus three twenty-five. Um, not crazy about the number, but I, I think I'll take Sarge in this, unless you've got some really awesome intel on Reed, who, who I'm sure you've seen fight all four times that she's uh, fought. As a pro, uh, three of the four times as a pro. Actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't see her Bellator fight awkwardly enough. What of all uh, the fights? Yeah, I did see her three in, in TFFC. Um, the if I'm not mistaken, the one in Bellator was against. Oh man, I can't remember. Some there was something some silly story about the person she was fighting there. Um, but now I can't remember. Um, TFFC though. Yeah. Oh, she might have been a porn. Star. Was she a porn star? <laughs> She might have been There's a porn star. Yeah, it might have been that. Yeah, because, I mean, like, they they always seem to sign somebody with, like, some... She was a stripper Re- or Rebecca something like Brigman. that. Rebecca Brigman. 
Does yeah, Rebecca that, Brigman mean anything? Is she in any of the movies that you watch? I don't know. I don't know that and, name. Uh, but I, I'm sure if if she was a porn star, I'm sure she wouldn't be using that name. Um, yeah, but yeah, Rebecca but, Star Brigman is her real name. Oh, okay. Star. Maybe, maybe, maybe star. she's Rebecca Star. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to Google too much here. <laughs> I'm almost, I'm, almost po- I'm almost positive there's there's some kind of funny story with Elise Reed's first opponent. But okay. I watched her other three fights, and they're all against good opponents, too. Jasmine Jazoo Devicious right. is going to be on the Contender Series this year. She's exceptionally good. I actually think Jazoo Devicious beat Reed in that fight. Jillian DeCourcy's pretty tough. Hillary Rose yep. was already on the Contender Series. So in four fights, she has racked up some pretty decent experience in those times. But here's what I'll say. Hillary Rose, who I, I largely saw as I was ready for her to get absolutely whooped on the Contender Series, and that's exactly what happened. Cheyenne Bays beat the hell out of her. She had uh, Reed in some really bad positions. It looked like there might be a couple of times where Hillary Rose was going to win that fight by submission. And to me, if you're having trouble with, with Hillary Rose, who's really an 115-pounder, and now you're going to fight Sajara Eubanks on short notice up at 125. Her grappling and strength is just going to be so much better in this case. She's going to put her in those bad positions. I actually think that the number doesn't really scare me off on this one. Negative 325 is probably still not high enough uh, on, on Sajara Eubanks. Okay, good. So we're both picking Eubanks. Um, yeah, Reed, actually, her last fight was for the strawweight title I see in CFFC so she's she's a former champion but yeah this is uh, quite a step up I'm not huge on Eubanks but uh, I think she gets the job done here also um, you know what else gets the job done PropSwap gets the job done we are brought to you by PropSwap America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets find the best odds on MLB futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap see a ticket you like but think the price is too high Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchase on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button, and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Do I really do I have to read this part, Dan, about NBA? Do I really I'm, have to read this I'm, part? I'm sorry. After? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> All right, fine. A few weeks ago, a PropSwap customer sold a $500 40-to-1 Phoenix Suns championship ticket for $16,000 after the Suns went up 2 nothing in the finals. How did that work out? Um, a 30 times return for the seller and adjusted odds of minus 400 for the buyer when every sportsbook in the country had sons at minus 500. NBA is stupid, though. I don't like the <laughs> NBA anymore. With, with, I like ProSwap, though. With ProSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like stock, like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to ProSwap.com or download the ProSwap app today. MMA is not dumb, though. I like MMA still. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> Bantamweight, Julio Arce, Andre Ewell. Uh, Mr. Highlight is Andre Ewell's nickname, and he's the only one with a nickname, so he wins, obviously. Let's, let's break down Mr. Highlight. He's 17-7 with seven knockouts, four submissions, four and three in the UFC. He's lo- he lost his last fight. He won two straight before that. He also was a pro boxer before this, where he went o- uh, sparkling 0-4. Um, he's got... An inch of height, five inches of reach on Arce. He's plus 160. Um, Arce, 16 and four, four knockouts, five submissions, three and two in the UFC. He's swapped wins and losses back and forth over the last four fights, and he lost his last fight. So if you're playing the, um, playing the pattern here, he should win this one. Uh, last fight was way back in November of 2019. I think he had a bunch of injuries, did he not? Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
Thank you. Uh, he's <laughs> he had a, he had a bunch of yep. injuries and had to pull out of a fight with. I, I know he only had one booked in that time. That's how bad the injuries right, were, too. It was just Timor Valley. Yeah. Okay, right. Um, want to know the contender series? Year younger, grappling stats in his favor, minus 200. Break it down, Mr. Vreeland. Um, so I, I'm just going to say straight up front, I, I really like Julio Arce in this fight. Um, this Me is one too. of the, yeah, this is one of the ones I kind of had to like talk myself back and forth on. Um, Me too. Yeah. Wow. Cause, Cause like uh, he, he's got a long layoff, right? Like that's the scary right. thing. Uh, but he hasn't fought since he fought Hakeem Dabudo. Um, who, who's really good by the way. Hakeem Dabudo yep. is, you know, his only loss came to Movsar Adloev. Um, you know, he had that fight with Shaman Marias, which, um, of course, is his other loss. Shaman Marias, I think, is a lot better than people gave him credit for, too. And both of those two losses in the UFC so far were split decisions. You know, I don't think he deserved the split against Dawado. I, I think I had Dawado winning that pretty easily. But I, I do think he probably won that fight with Marias, and we'd be talking about him with a crazy good record. If if we switched that one over to a win, he'd be 4-1 and one and his only loss would be to Dowdo, and he's beat Dan Ige, which I think people forget, too. Like, he not only beat Dan Ige, he out-wrestled him. And the really interesting thing about this is I think his striking is a little bit more powerful and maybe even possibly a little more technical than Andre Yule here. And if either of them is going to try to take it to the ground, it's really going to be Arce who's got the the advantage there. So... Like, I think Yule is kind of without a path to victory here. I don't see him subbing him. I don't see him knocking him out. I think his only way to win here is to kind of, like, dance and point fight. And with Arce's aggression, I just don't see that happening either. So, yeah, I'm big on Julio Arce here. I think this one should be a pretty easy one for him. There you go. Arce is the pick. Um Oh, I know. We've got to highlight. Uh, any of the people we talked about so far have been on the Top Turtle podcast. So we need to know that. For the the Jenks. Um, let's see. Uh, Jari Eubanks has. Oh uh, no. Have I talked to Andre Yule? I don't think Andre Yule has. I think I booked one with him and then didn't have Hannah Goldie. No, I interviewed her opponent, Kaylee Robbins. Uh, so I think uh, just so Eubanks. I think yikes. just Sarge. Yeah. No. Okay. How about Randy Costa or uh, Adrian Yanez? Both of them. I okay. Well, I can't see that. Good. Now they're having some weird like Twitter feud. Not really a feud over what? It's like peanut butter cups and Dr Pepper or something yeah, strange. Of, you, of, have you caught onto that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have like a gentleman's bet about it that um the loser has to buy the winner a month's supply of the other one. Uh, oh, so fantastic! If, if Randy Costa wins, Yanez has to buy him a month's supply of Reese's peanut butter cups. Which I don't know what a month supply of Reese's peanut butter cups are, but Randy, <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you Randy Costa could put him away though, because that dude, that dude's hilarious when he's not in fight camp with what he yep. eats and and otherwise puts in his body. I once asked him uh, during the pandemic, I interviewed him, and I was like, you know, how much are you able to get ready? Because he had just flown to Florida to live at his parents' condo in Florida or something like that, and I was like. How much are you getting ready? Are you like working out on the beach? And he goes, I've been working my liver so hard. Um, Yeah, so he's like the type of guy who can put some stuff away. And then I don't know how many Dr. Peppers Yanez drinks when he's not in camp, but 
a month supply, I assume, could be like, I don't know, do you drink one a day, 30? That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that is. Wow. Healthy athletes, uh, these guys. <laughs> Anyhow, so it's a um, a good-natured um, Twitter feud. No one's threatening to kill the other's family in their sleep or anything but like the uh, the big shots in MMA do. So it's nice to see. So cost is anyone with a nickname, which is the Zoham, which is kind of funny because we were talking like, an obscure Adam Sandler. That, <laughs> that movie's obscure, right? I, yeah, I don't think they mess with the Zohan. It's like movie, the right? worst Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. <laughs> but he does look like the Zohan, so hey, it works. He does. It works. All right, let's break him down first. He's 6-1, six, six knockouts. He's a finisher. He's 2-1 in the UFC. He's won two straight fights, both via some form of knockout or TKO. He's got two inches of height, three inches of reach. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. He's at plus 175. Uh, Yan has 13-3. Eight knockouts, two submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. Uh, two and on the UFC, both of them via knockout. One of them, a head kick knockout, I believe. Uh, he's one and zero on the contender series. He's won six straight fights. One and zero in Bellator. He's at minus two twenty five. I kind of like Costa, but I don't know. This is one of the ones I'm wavering on. Are you gonna Are you gonna sell me on Costa or not? Uh, so you know, what? I I don't know if this talk will sell you on Costa or not, but. I'm going to pick Costa largely based on the price. Um, yeah, okay. The the fact – I think this fight is pretty darn close. Uh, right. You know, I, I've wavered back and forth on who I would pick in a straight-up fight here. So if the odds are, are Costa – and what did you say that official number uh, was that we're using? Plus 175 is what we're using for Costa? Plus 175. I've actually yeah. seen it as high as almost plus 200. Like, I, I like that number for Costa because here's the thing. If this is a technical striking match, if Yanez decides to go in there and try to, you know, pick his shots and style on Randy Costa, I think he wins. And I think he wins pretty easily. But I think a lot of this buildup, we just keep hearing, like, we're going to go in there and fucking brawl. And if you go in there and brawl with Randy Costa, he can knock you out. And he will knock you out. So I, I actually think a brawl favors Randy Costa instead of Yanez. So, you know, the question you have to ask yourself is how much of this is talk, uh, you know, that Yanez is just trying to build up the fight? Um, you know, how much of it is him being kind of like a younger, more immature guy who, you know, doesn't have a ton of fights and thinks he can just go in there and do that with this guy? Because his striking is phenomenal. Both of them are amazing strikers and have incredible power for their size. But I think at the end of the day, like, I think it's going to be enough of a brawl that Costa could catch him. And at plus 175, I think the money is there to, to take the underdog in this one. All right. We're on the same page once again. Yeah, for Bantamweights, these guys really uh, have uh, dynamite in their limbs. Um, all right. So we're going with that would be peanut butter cups then, right? That's the side that we're on? Yeah. That, um, okay. Yes, I believe we just took peanut butter cups. Yes. <laughs> all right. I'm comfortable with that. Uh, middleweights, Nasruddin Imavov versus Ian Heinish. Um, Heinish, the veteran of Rikers Island. I forgot all about that, that he was in Rikers Island in jail. Yeah. Wild. Uh, That's a hurricane. great story, by the way, if you've not. He was on your podcast, it. wasn't he? Yeah. Was he, he on your podcast that, and talked yeah, about it? Yeah, he told that whole story. Plus, you can read it on uh, the Players' Tribune. He wrote it up right. himself, and it is, it's a hell of a read. If you haven't read that, uh, definitely look up um, – I can't even remember what it was called, but it's Ian Heinish's piece on on the the, the Players' Tribune. Right. So he's going to show if Imovov is not right. No, I I don't know. Okay. Good I don't move. know that good Imovov move. has uh, speaks English. Yeah. Does he speak? Um, yeah. Where's he from? He's Russian, but I think is he, he. So I think he's. 
and I think we've had this conversation before. <laughs> I think maybe I think he is um he's born in Russia but trained out of France and waves a French flag. Okay, yeah, because that's kind of a French name, or maybe I re- knew he was had some kind of French connection, possibly. But yeah, it says he's out of Paris, France. But yeah, he may not have been born been bored there. All right, um, let's break him down first. Uh, nine and three, three knockouts, four submissions. He's one and one in the UFC. He lost his last fight after winning his debut. He will be the much larger man here, four inches of height, three inches of reach. He's also seven years younger. He's got striking and the active striking stats in his favor. Um, for active striking, uh, meaning he lands more strikes, and for um, other striking in general, I compare them in uh, strikes landed, strikes absorbed, and then their uh, accuracy and their accuracy at uh, defending strikes. So for those, for the new listeners on there, um, grappling is basically the same except for grappling stats. All right, so anyhow, he's got striking and active striking stats in his favor, plus 120. Heinish, the Hurricane, is 14-4 with five knockouts, two submissions. 3-3 three and three in the UFC, lost his last fight. He has won one of his last four. He's, he was 1-0 in the contender series. He also was an LFA champion at middleweight, I believe. Um he also has 1-0 in the World Series of Fighting, which is now PFL. Grappling stats in his favor. He's at minus 150. Uh, where are you going with this one? Um, I'm going to take Imavov in this one, actually. Wow, um, me too. I'm weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird if he keep picking the same thing. So, and it's underdogs who keep picking, too. Yeah, well, and it worked out for us last week with Billy Q and uh, Sergey yep. Morozov. So uh, we went two for two on underdog. But look, here's the reason I like him. You mentioned the long reach, right, and that being a big yep. difference. If you look at the guys that uh, Haas – or not Haas, sorry, Heinish has fought so far – he has not fought anybody even close to looking like Imabov, right? Like, you look, it's Gerald Mearshart, it's Calvin Gastelum, it's Derek Brunson, it's, yeah, I guess Derek Brunson's got longer arms, but, like, all of these guys are, like, wrestler boxer types. Nobody is, like, a kickboxer from the outside with phenomenal footwork, and on top of that has the the reach advantage, so... I've always liked the way Amavov picks people off from the outside. I like the way he moves. You know, I, I picked him to beat Phil Hawes in his last fight, and he definitely lost rounds one and two by just being controlled. But in round three, uh, you know, one judge had it at 10-8 and had it going to draw. You know, a lot of people had it that way and thought it was a draw. I, you know, I think Hawes probably, you know, winning the first two rounds did enough to at least earn a draw or beat him. But this is a guy who's been in with really tough wrestler types like Phil Hawes and hung around and got the better of him as the fight went on. And look, I, I don't see Ian Heinish being able to tag him and get him out. I don't think Heinish's wrestling's good enough to get him out. And man, if he's going to fight three rounds of a kickboxing match with a dude whose nickname is the Sniper, I don't see that going well for Heinish. So yeah, I like him off and I like him quite a bit in this fight. Did I miss his nickname? He's the sniper. I didn't. A, I don't think he, I saw that. He's the sniper. Maybe the oh, Russian. Right. Maybe the Russian sniper. Oh, since since you're pinning him down as being Russian, even I think it is the Russian sniper, be. though. You might want to look it up. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Well, we're we're both picking. Uh, we're both picking Imavov. We've wow, we've uh, matched each other so far. We'll see if Dan makes a dumb pick coming up and uh, ensures a win for me or not. We'll see. Um, we got one more fight on the prelims, and then we will move on to the main card. So uh, the main event of the prelims is a middleweight fight. Is it Punahil, Punahili, Punahele? Punahele. Punahele. Soriana versus Brendan Allen. 
um, who I mistakenly said you were all in for, which is actually his nickname too. But you, but then you actually you really are all in for him too, aren't you? You're a Brendan Allen fan, I believe. I, I really like watching Brendan Allen okay. fight. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm a fan I got of him confused with. I, I got him and Sean Brady mixed up. After oh yeah, yeah, no, he, I I do not yeah. feel the same way Similar. about him as I do Sean Brady. I, no. I very much like Sean Brady much more. He hearts <laughs> he hearts Sean Brady big time. All right, uh, nicknames: Storytime Soriano or All In Allen. So they're both similar plays on their last name. Very interesting. Um, I think story time I like better, but they both work because, like I said, they're fun little plays on the last name. Yeah, I, I don't I don't particularly care for either of them, but yeah, sure. Well, screw you then. <laughs> screw you, Dan. Oh, yeah, is there anyone on... Oh, we'll, we'll get to that, actually. There is someone on this card that, that you hate. We'll, we'll, we'll get to her in a little bit. We'll get to her in a little bit. That's another thing I, I, I want to do. We have to talk about who's been on the podcast and who you hate and want to see get their face smashed in. But I know who that is. That's coming up. Um, have we gone by anyone that you hate that you want to see get beat up so far or no? No, I, I actually... It's like a shame to pick against some of these people. Like, it's I, true. I hate picking against Adrian Inez. I love Adrian Inez. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Andre Ewell quite a bit. Uh, Ian Hine is just like a super nice guy to talk to. So, uh, yeah, it, it hurts to pick against some of these guys. But, uh, yeah, won't later. <laughs> no. <laughs> was Allen on the Top Turtle podcast? I think he was. No, was he I don't, I don't no? think I've ever talked to Brandon Allen. I could or Soriano. Um, story time. I, I, it's funny. I've, I actually, for a while, was booking interviews through Soriano. Uh, cause he works for previously used to work for Ali Abdelaziz, um, and being one of the booking agents for him. So really, oh nice. Yeah, Ali used to send me to Puna to book interviews with his fighters, and I was I didn't know Puna was a fighter, and then he made the UFC, and I was like, oh. Oh, it's this guy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, this one basically is a, a pick them on the board. We got minus 115 for Soriano, minus 110 for Allen. So it's uh, virtual dead heat there. We'll, we'll break down Allen first. He's 16-4, five knockouts, six, uh, nine submissions, very well-rounded and very much a finisher. Four and one in the UFC. He got a sub win his last time in the cage. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series. He also was an LFA champ. I think he was middleweight too, was he not? Yes, he was. We have another back-to-back uh, LFA middleweight champs in fights here. Three inches taller, three inches of reach, three years younger. Uh, triple threes. Uh, he's minus 110. Uh, and Soriano, 8-0, five knockouts, two submissions, 2-0 in the UFC, both of them via a form of knockout slash TKO. He was 1-0 in the contender series also. Striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 115. Uh, I'm going to take Allen. This is another one I have a question mark beside, but I, I'll take under the underdog at minus one ten, Brendan Allen. I'm uh, I'm gonna differ with you on this one. Oh, okay. I, you like I, Brendan Allen though. I, I do really like Brendan Allen, but uh, here's my concern about this fight. When you look at this fight between Soriano and Allen, you know, I think that Brendan Allen is not going to win this fight unless it goes to the floor. Um, you know, and if it goes to the floor, I actually think that that Puno probably will lose rounds there, but I don't really think he's in danger of being submitted there um, because I think he's actually very good on the ground himself. But the thing is, is while it's standing, Puna has incredible power in his hands. He throws absolute trucks at his opponent. And Brendan Allen, you know, he gets hit a fair amount when he's striking. You know, like... uh, he beat Carl Roberson, but wasn't winning that match on the feet. Sean Strickland absolutely tagged him anytime he wanted striking. I mean, you could even go back to some of his fights with, like, Kyle Dawkins or, or Kevin Holland. And, like, 
there were moments where he got tagged by those guys too. And like, it's one of those things where if you get hit a lot, that's sometimes that's fine. Like you, you can, you know, your jaw will hold up, but when you're fighting a guy who has the ability to turn the lights off, he's going to hit you once or twice. And I just think Puna is probably going to catch him with a KO somewhere in here. Yep. Very well. It could happen. He does have striking in his favor for sure, but I'll, I'll go differ and I'll, I'll take Allen instead. So, all right. So very, very solid, um, prelims, uh, very, and we're pretty much on the same page. We found some nice underdogs, hopefully for y'all to get some plus money. And we will move on to the main card. First, let's get our last two sponsors out of the way, and then we can go straight through with the ad-free main card. So let's tell you about Underdog. Uh, Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up for for free, $25, and you get a shot. They have a million-dollar contest on right now. So make sure you head over there, download the app, Sign up at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And while you're downloading apps, if you haven't already, make sure you download the SGPN app. We have our very own app. We are live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts, and you can get notifications pop up on your phone every time a podcast drops. And don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, let's go main card. This gentleman was on Dan's podcast, Top Charter Podcast, last week. That would be Jordan Williams in a welterweight fight against Mickey Gall. I don't think Mickey Gall has ever been on your podcast, right? So Williams is the only one with the stink on him. Yes, I believe. <laughs> yes. I believe I've never had Mickey Gall on, but I've had a few of his opponents on. <laughs> Mickey Gall, a famous uh, from the CM Punk fight, is uh, now six and three in the UFC with five submission wins. Uh, not six three UFC, excuse me, as a pro, five submission wins. He is five and three in the UFC. Pretty much all his fights except one were in the UFC. Um, he lost his last fight. He's actually swapped wins and losses back and forth. We got loss, win, loss, win, loss. So it's been five straight fights for that. So I guess he's due for a win, if you believe in that. He's been out of action since June of 2020. He's got an inch of height, and he's two years younger than Williams. He's at plus 150. Um, Williams, nicknamed Bomaye. Is that right, Bomaye? I think it's Bumbaye, right, isn't it? Bumbaye, really? It's not spelled that way, but okay. But isn't it isn't it the uh, oh it's true Ali thing right yeah it's the Ali thing yeah. I th- I think yeah. I could be wrong yeah you know uh, you should have asked him Dan you had him on your show last week <laughs> everyone should listen that's a very entertaining uh, interview with um, Mr Williams so you should listen to Top Turtle every week though um, all right we'll go with uh, Mr Ali here he's nine and four with one no contest. Seven knockouts, one submission. As a pro, he's been knocked out himself twice, but Mickey Gall is not a knockout uh, artist. He is 0-1 in the UFC, 1-1 with one no contest in Dana White Contender Series. He won the no contest fight, but then he got caught with weed in the system, which is illegal now, but it uh, it wasn't legal back then. So um, He was 2-0 in Bellator before all of this. He's got an inch of reach. He's twice as more active a striker than Mickey Gall, minus 190. Uh, I'm going to have to take Williams in this one, despite the top turtle curse hanging over his head. Yeah, I, I think Williams is the right pick here. By the way, Bumai, uh is a Bantu word meaning kill him, um, which is... Uh, really? Yeah, that's not very pretty, nice. That's pretty brutal. Like, he, that's, sounded pretty, he sounded pretty chill on your podcast. That's not very nice. Yeah, that's, that's pretty pretty violent, um, which is, I guess <laughs> makes sense to the Ali Bumai uh, right. too. Right. Yeah, it means Ali kill him, Ali kill him. Yeah, no, that's kind of funny. Um, no, uh, all right, so let's talk about the actual fight itself. Look, I'll be real honest about Mickey Gall. I was high on him as a prospect when he first came out, but I, I think more and more we've seen from him, the more and more obvious it is that 
he's going to just get beat by guys who don't let him take them down. And because anybody, just about anybody boxes better than him, right? Like Mike Perry, who got absolutely pieced the hell up against Daniel Rodriguez, had no problem outboxing Mickey Gall. You know, Diego Sanchez took it to him. Like, I mean, like, as long as he can't take you down, I don't think he's a threat. And look, Jordan Williams has got an amateur wrestling background, right? Like, he was a, a Ju- I think, a Juco wrestler. So, like, he's got the wrestling background to stuff the takedowns. Plus, he's coming down from 185 to 170, so he's getting bigger. He's going to be stronger, finally. And look, he's got good boxing in his own right, too. He knocked out Gregory Rodriguez, who's now 1-0 in the UFC, uh, to get his contract in the Contender Series. His only loss comes to Imavov, who kind of picked him apart from the outside. Like I said, you know, Imavov really has the ability to do. So, you know, I I think that here with, with Jordan Williams, you can just sort of expect that he's going to stuff the Mickey Gall takedowns, blast him on the feet, and either win a very easy decision or probably get a late stoppage. There you go. Uh, I agree. Yeah, Nicky Gall has not has not uh, progressed the way a lot of us have hoped, and he's he's 29 already too. So it's not like he's a, a young buck at this point. Uh, he has nine nine fights under his belt still too at this point. Uh, moving on, a couple of young bucks in women's flyweight. Miranda Maverick, Fear the Maverick, is the nickname versus Macy the Future Barber. We got to go with Fear though, obviously, because Macy Barber's nickname's a lie. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, not only is it a lie, but also when you say it that as the middle part of her name, it yeah. almost sounds like both that and her last name are the nickname together. It's Macy, the future barber. Uh, well, <laughs> you never know. After after this fight, that may be the case. Yeah, Dan. Uh, do you like Macy Barber, Dan? I, I'm not a Macy Barber fan. Look, I, and I, I haven't been shy about this either. When you're the type of fighter who comes out and says. You're going to be the youngest champion ever. And if that's a career aspiration, that's fine. Right? Like, that's something you want to do. That's fine. But, like, she made it part of her persona that she was going to be the future champion. Then she gets her ass kicked by Roxanne Modafari, blames it on an injury, and steals Roxy's mic time. Like, you don't take a mic from freaking Roxanne Modafari. You also don't get an interview in a loss when you fight. You're an unranked flyweight fighting Roxanne Modafari. You you just don't get an interview in a loss, but she like managed to like take the mic. Not a fan of that. No. No, plus um I, I, let's break it down and, and then we'll we'll see what we think about her game. Uh well Macy Barber first, eight and two with five knockouts, two submissions. She's never been finished in a fight. Even though she got injured badly against uh Roxanne Modafari, she uh cutted it out. Can't question her tough, toughness for sure. Uh, she's three and two in the UFC. She won her first three and then she lost her last two. She was one and zero in the Contender Series. She's two inches taller than Miranda Maverick. She's at plus one twenty. Um, Ms. Fear the Maverick, who was also on Top Turtle last week, another good interview. Um, she's nine and two with one knockout, five submissions. She also has never been finished. She's two and zero in the UFC. She's won five straight fights. She was six and two in Invicta. Before this, she also won the Invicta Flyweight Tournament. Uh, so you can add a couple more wins to that if you want to make a, her 8-2 and two in Invicta. Um, striking and active striking stats in her favor, minus 150. I got to fear the Maverick in this one. Yeah, I, I think this is an easy one. Look, uh, Macy yep. Barber looks good in, in certain aspects of her game. She kind of reminds me of Mickey Gall in that she didn't progress. And right. the, the difference here is that 
she seems mostly hopeless if you take her down. Um, she doesn't yeah. really, she has ideas off of her back. She looks like it's pretty easy to hold her there. And she just so happens to be fighting maybe the best wrestler at flyweight. Uh, and Miranda Maverick, somebody who's just as young as her, 20 times more powerful than her, and has 80 times better wrestling than her. Like, she's just gonna bulldoze Macy Barber wherever she wants, and I would not be surprised in the slightest if she was the first person to stop Macy Barber. No, uh, me neither. So, uh, and she's, uh, all the talk about the future, she's the same age as Macy Barber, so... Um. Yeah, I like what she said on your um, other podcast about how USC's really doing a poor job at women's flyweight. They they're matching up all the young up and comers with each other, and there's so many like older fighters who should be put in gatekeeper roles, and and they don't seem to be doing that for some reason. Yeah, and, and it, just just if you look at, at Miranda Maverick, she's fought Leanna Jojua, who's young, yep. Jillian Robertson, who's young, and now Macy Barber. Like she's fought three women. Three women in her first three fights that are going to be all under 25 at the time of the fight. That is really incredible, especially because she's young herself. Yeah, I know. It's it's strange uh, matchmaking, but hey. Uh, moving on, uh, is there anyone else that, that you hate that I don't know about coming up, or, or can we move on? Anybody um, else you want to see there, smashed in? There's one more, but we'll get to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? Wow, Dan has got a lot. Of, he seems like a nice, mild-mannered guy, but he's got a lot of – there's a lot of anger there and a lot of scary images on his phone. So let's, let's move on to featherweights. Um, Darren Elkins, Darren the Damage Elkins, as his tattoo says uh, prominently, versus Derek Miner, who has no nickname. So um, I guess we can – no, you, you I'm, going have, with, I'm going with Miner. No, you have to pick the damage over everybody oh, else God. in the UFC because of the tattoo. It's, it's true, the horrible only bubbling. Tat- the only tattoo that looks better than Brock Lesnar's big score tattoo. <laughs> if you don't know, if you don't know everyone, just uh, Google it quickly. Darren yeah. Elkins tattoo is very nice. But yeah, I'm still hung up. I like the future barber. That's very, very good. I never thought of that. That she's going to be a barber coming up. <laughs> Anyhow, I guess I better move on. Um, the damage. Just break down the damage first. He's 25 and nine, eight knockouts five submissions he's been knocked out three times in his career which isn't a heck of a lot since he's been in 34 fights uh he's 15 and 8 in the ufc he made his debut in 2010 dan what were you doing in 2010 it's another game of like i was in college okay i was throwing um sub sub replacement level uh relief pitch innings in there you uh, go division three college (laughs) awesome uh he made his pro debut in 2007 what were you doing in 2007 dan i was i was uh depending on the the time i was still in high school and what were you what were you doing there? You, you uh, were playing catcher, were you not? Yeah, I was a uh I was the um Jeff Mathis of high school catching in Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, you you lost me on that. Uh, that Jeff, went over my Jeff, head. Jeff Mathis bats about one thirty every year. Okay, yeah. Plays, plays wow. good defense and catches on somewhere. <laughs> there you go. That's you. So anyhow, he's been around a long time is what I'm getting at. Darren Elkins, 2010 in the UFC, 20, 2007 as a pro. Uh, his last win was a sub, a sub win, which was his last fight. He had won, he had lost, excuse me, four straight before that. So he's won one of his last five. Two inches taller, two inches of reach, more active striker, plus 130. Derek Minor, 26 and 11, one knockout, 22 submissions. So you know what he's going for here. He's also lost himself eight times via submission. This is, you don't see, Records like this very often. This is very, very strange. Um, two and one in the UFC. He's won his last two fights after dropping his debut. He was 0 and one on the contender series. Six years younger. Grappling stats in his favor, not surprisingly. Minus 165. Break it down. I think I'm going to go with Elkins. 
Is this crazy? Really? Yeah, I think. So, listen, Miner surprised me last time out in beating uh, Charles Rosa. But I think what I've gleaned from that in the aftermath is what we've learned about Charles Rosa in his, his fight, both with Miner and, and with Bryce Mitchell, is that his grappling is good. He's a good grappler, but his wrestling had not been good. Um, it picked back up against Justin James. I interviewed him, and he said he, he refocused on it. But I, I think I, I saw that fight with Miner, and I was like, man, look at this dude. He's much better than I thought he was. I don't really expect him to be able to take Elkins down or to even maybe want to take Elkins down because Elkins has got good submissions, right? Like, yep. I, I think people forget the dude sub Michael Johnson, uh, which is, is not a bad win. Um, you know, he subbed Eduardo Garagori last time out, but that is what it is. You know, he, he stopped Ryan Hall from going to the ground with him and just strikes with Uriah Hall. I don't think Miner is particularly a great striker. And if he can't get Elkins down, like, I don't mind the dog money here on Helkins. Yeah, I, I think you've swung me in that favor too. It makes like the path to victory is much clearer, obviously, for for Elkins and Miners. Elkins doesn't get tapped out, so how's he going to win the fight? And, and he also he also doesn't get tired, right? Like yeah. the the Mirsad Bechtik fight, I just go back to time and time and time and time and time again. Because, that, dude, Elkins took one of the most savage beatings for, like, 14 minutes in that fight, and he was still there to score the upset with a minute left. Like, dude, Elkins is just an absolute tank. You know, wins or losses aside, you know, you can look back at all that record and, and say, you know, well, Ricardo Lamas got him out of there. But for the most part, dude, that dude is there for the whole fight every time. But have you interviewed either of these men? I forgot to ask. Um, nope, I think no. All right, all right, we're good then. Elkins is the pick. We'll agree on it. I know you've interviewed the next fellow, the ultimate bro, Kyler Phillips, who's fighting a bantamweight fight against Holiam Pava. Pava? Pava? Paiva, Paiva, I believe. Paiva? Paiva? You haven't Paiva. had him on Paiva. before. Paiva. No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, this may change things for me then. Um, I call him the ultimate bro, but he's really the Matrix, uh, Kyler Phillips. Um, and the other gentleman who does not have a nickname, uh, Paiva, as Dan says. Or did you say Paiva? I can't remember. I already forget what you said. Um, it's Paiva, I believe. Paiva. Okay. And it's Holian, right? Holian? Ha- ha- yeah, I, I assume you say that the, the R is an H because he's yes. Brazilian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. He's 20 and 3, no matter how you pronounce his name. He is 23. He's got four knockouts, three submissions. He's 2 and 2 in the UFC. He dropped his first two of them, 1 2 straight. Uh, he missed weight his last fight, though. That was uh, last summer, July of 2020. So he's been out of the cage for a year, and that was at uh, flyweight. So um, he is moving on up. Actually, most of his fights were at flyweight, at least in the UFC, right? I believe all, all of them have been so far. All of them were? Okay. Yeah, he fought bantamweight earlier in his career, but not in the UFC. So that's something to keep in mind. He's moving on up here, which I think he may be forced to because he missed weight. Um, and I think he... I think he was supposed to fight recently, and he missed weight there too. And was that uh, he had health issues too? I believe. Am I right with that? Yeah, they, they, he's had a couple of fights canceled recently, yeah. And, and yeah, I okay. think one of them was uh, was a botched weight cut. Okay, so he's going up in weight. He's also taking this on short notice, so maybe that's one of the reasons why he's willing to take it um, at a higher weight class. He was also on the contender series where he was one and zero. He's at plus two fifteen. Um, the Matrix, Kyler Phillips, 9-1 with five knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight. 
three and zero in the UFC, one and zero in the Contender Series, three inches taller. Striking in, active striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor, minus 280. He's the slam dunk pick for me. Yeah, it's, it's not even close. Um, and, and I like Paiva, but, like, look, if you got out struck by Kaikara France and, you know, Rogerio Bontarine tagged you up enough to get a doctor stoppage, like, Kyler Phillips is going to mess you up on the feet. And I would also say yeah. this, you know, Paiva did a really good job of countering the wrestling of Shaga Shumagulov and uh, who the other guy he beat to was like a wrestlery type. Oh, Mark De La Rosa. Um, but like Tyler Phillips surprisingly has incredible takedowns and grappling that I, I think people sleep on. So, you know, even if Paiva manages to, to stick with him on the feet, I, I think Phillips beats him anywhere he wants to in this fight. Yes. He's, will he take him to the Matrix, Dan? He loves making all the Matrix make him, references. Make, make him take the red pill, doesn't he? Uh, yes. Yeah, just, I've never I've seen those movies. I've, I've never seen any of the Matrix You know, movies. it's funny that you say that. Neither have I. I've seen zero wow. total Matrix movies. So uh, let's, make a couple more, let's make a couple more Matrix references and pretend yes. we have. <laughs> Neo. I know. I think his name's Neo, right? And it's um, Forrest, it's Keanu no, Reeves. Not Forrest Whitaker. No. Uh, no. Keanu Reeves, the Canadian. Keanu, Bill and Ted. Sure. It's Bill and Ted. Do you know if it's Bill yes. or Ted? Uh, I always I have to ask my son now because I always forget which one's which. Uh, but anyhow, oh, I just figured out who you hate. Yes, uh, he's coming up yeah. very shortly. <laughs> yeah, um, it, was, right. it was a just, lot easier than anticipated. I feel very like. easy. Yes, I'm like, oh, of course. All right. Um, usually you like um, like lovable. Usually you like to hate lovable fan favorites. So that's why I got thrown off there a bit. So, all right. Um, another weird. UFC women's um, booking. This is in women's bantamweight. They they got two young up and comers going against each other, uh, Aspen Ladd and Macy Chason. You'd think in a division that Amanda Nunes needs fresh meat constantly in, you'd think they would keep these up and comers separate from one another. But uh, regardless, they are putting them up against each other. So um, no nicknames. These women do not need nicknames. Um, Macy Chason is seven and one with two knockouts, two submissions, never been finished in a fight. 5-1 in the UFC. She's won two straight. She was 2-0 in the Ultimate Fighter house and won the Ultimate Fighter Championship uh, the season she was on. She also was in Invicta where she's 1-0. She's five inches taller. you got six inches of reach on Aspen Ladd. She's at plus 155. Aspen is 9-1. Six knockouts, one submission. She's 4-1 in the UFC. She won via TKO, but that was her last fight. That was way back December 2019. Um, I mentioned that, but... Um, the stats have gotten even stronger for people who have had at least a year out of the cage. We're up to 55%, 39 and 32 for people who have been out of the cage for over a year. So maybe ring rust really is a lie, but I bring it up regardless every time. Um, she was 5-0 and in Invicta before she came to the UFC. She's four years younger than Chase Song, striking and active striking stats in favor, grappling stats in her favor, minus 195. I don't like to pick against either lady, but uh, I'm going to take Aspen Lad in this one. Yeah, I think this is also kind of an easy one. Um, you know, c- kind of similar to the one we talked about um, just a second ago with, with Mickey Gall and Jordan Williams. I, I like Macy Chason a lot. I think she's got good grappling. I, I like her stand-up. But the problem is here is I, I think Aspen Ladd is going to choose where this fight happens. You know, Ma- Macy Chason got taken down a couple of times by Lena Landsberg, who is, you know, just a kickboxer, really. Like, she's even, you know, she she was a professional kickboxer beforehand. People have knocked her for not doing enough with her grappling, and she outgrappled Macy Chason. And not that Chason doesn't have good submissions and doesn't have good offensive grappling, but I just don't think the defensive grappling is there enough to stop Ladd. So, 
I think Lad keeps us on the feet as long as she's comfortable there, but if she does run into trouble, I think she controls this fight pretty easily wherever she wants. So, yeah, I'm big on Lad in this fight, too. I think she uh, chased on uh, was she was out grappled by someone else too that I was surprised when I was looking her up. I can't remember who it was. Oh, uh, um, that's when she got. Was it was it that she gave up takedowns to Marion Renault? I think she gave up multiple yes, takedowns to yeah, Marion yeah. Renault. Yeah. I, I think that may have been it. Yeah, um, which yeah is not something you would uh, you would expect. So, um, do you agree that you wish they wouldn't be booking it like this? That uh, Amanda Nunes needs like. Young up and comer, so like, why don't we build these people in separate silos and then just keep feeding them to the beast I mean, instead I, of having them run up against each other? I I think so to an extent. Um, I would say that Macy Chason is is kind of not. I, I wouldn't necessarily consider her a young prospect anymore. She's young in her career, but she is almost thirty. Um, yeah, that's true. So like, I I think the UFC is sort of coming to a point where they're like, she needs to start making a run, or or she's not rich. She's never going to be a title challenger, and and I think yeah. they see this as a very winnable fight for Aspen Ladd, who also just happens to be, I think, incredibly marketable for them. Um, yeah. You know, like she's like a shy, every-looking girl with her, like, dog, and she goes hiking all the time, and, like, the UFC, I think, just thinks they can hype the hell out of her in the long run. Um, so, like, I think they see this as a winnable fight to one of their most marketable potential uh, title challengers at 35. Yeah, maybe. I just would rather them have them fight veterans rather than each other. But, hey, what can I say? Let's move on to the main event. Um, Bantamweights, five rounds, Corey Sanhagen versus that lovable scamp, TJ Dillashaw. That's that's who Dan and the rest of the world don't like, is that lovable scamp, TJ, TJ Dillashaw. Uh, that smog, the, his photo, if you guys haven't seen it yet, look up the uh, fight poster. Have you, You've seen his smug smirk on the poster i take it dan yeah it's kind of annoying i'm looking at it on technology yeah. right now and it's yeah it's pretty irritating yeah <laughs> yes he's back from his epo uh suspension um he claims it didn't help him though which is why you take peds because they don't help you right yeah. that makes well, total sense i'll also say this too like while I hate that like, he's used his media day to be like, it wasn't really that helpful and I'm going to prove it. First of all, regardless of how well you do, it doesn't prove anything. Like, You'll never prove that your entire career wasn't enhanced by the performance enhancers you were taking. Um, and second of all, I'm kind of bummed at how much the UFC is trying to like hype his comeback as like, Oh, he yeah, had no such a, he had such a hard time being away, and it's like, yeah, well, he should have. He was taking rocket fuel. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, uh, so yeah, I, I very much, you know, I never was a TJ Dillashaw like fan. Like, I, I rooted for no. Cruz in their first fight, and uh, I actually was hoping Cody Garbrandt would knock him out, uh, and he didn't, obviously. But um, yeah, I've never been a fan of TJ Dillashaw, but like this, this most recent stuff puts a real bad taste in your mouth. And it's not like this was a huge shock either when he when he got busted. Like people, like teammates in his own camp would talk about his his PED use in the past. So you can't really, it wasn't a shock when he got busted and you can't really believe that was the only time he's been on stuff. So a uh, reason bringing this up is that's something you got to keep in mind. Uh, you, we may have never seen him clean in, in the cage. This could be the first time we've seen him clean in the cage and he's 35 at a, at a light, uh, very light weight class, uh, band of weight. And he's been off two and a half years. So just something to keep in mind. 
Yeah, I, I think that it's all worth considering. With that being said, oh no, Dan's gonna uh, let's break it down. No yeah, you, you break it down. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Uh, Dillashaw sixteen and four with eight knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice himself. He's twelve and four in the UFC. He is four and one over his last five. He lost his last fight. That was two and a half years ago. He was the UFC bantamweight champion twice. He was three and zero in the Ultimate Fighter, but then lost in the finals. Um, grappling stats in his favor, plus 155. Corey, the Sandman Sanhagen. Also, Corey Twinkletoe Sanhagen, which I much prefer. Uh, he's 14-2 and two with six knockouts, three submissions. 7-1 uh, in the UFC. He's won two straight fights via uh, some form of knockout or TKO. He's five inches taller, three inches of reach, six years younger. He's a more active striker. He's at minus 195. This is one of the fights I have a question mark beside, though, despite all I said about TJ Dillashaw. I'm leaning towards Sanhagen, but I'm not positive and dan i'm thinking is gonna maybe convince me to go to the to the dark side here so i'm so i was about to say this and then i got cut off and i didn't say (laughs) but i will say this if tj dillashaw looks like the tj dillashaw who fought cody garbrandt i do believe he should beat Corey sanhagen oh he beats Um, everyone basically yeah i mean i think that's a tough one to beat there's just so many questions about whether or not he's that guy, right? Like because yep. the time off, the the EPO not being in his system, the fact that he had that time where he took a weight cut down to 125 pounds, had his head bounced around by Henry Cejudo, and like yep. a, as we talked about with concussions, they're cumulative. They, like that that may ne- like he may be easier to knock out for the rest of his life now because of that Henry Cejudo knockout. So all of that stuff plays into this. Um, now, I'm going to pick Corey Sanhagen. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to say that that's my pick. But I will say when you look at these odds, I think the number next to TJ's name has a lot more value to it than, than Corey Sanhagen's. Um, you know, like looking at a number that high for a dude who has been that good in the past, I, I think is just like it's very enticing. You know, it, it's very interesting. I'm going to say ultimately I do think, you know, if I have to make a pick straight up, I like Sanhagen in this one because they don't have all those unknowns. With the exception of that one Aljamain Sterling fight, he's looked like an absolute world beater. His striking looks like it improved. He's got the knees. He's got the reach. He's got a lot of things working for him here. And, and he's a difficult, you know, physical puzzle for just about any, you know, bantamweight in the world, right? Because... You know, he's long. You know, he's built like no other bantamweight right now. So I think TJ Dillashaw is going to have some difficulties with a dude who's 5'11", especially because the feeling out process is going to be the first time he's had that process in two years. Um, He's going to be giving up five inches of height. He's going to be giving up, you know, not quite five inches of reach, but he's going to be giving up quite a bit of reach. Like, I think Sanhagen is going to get enough success in there that, I don't know if he'll knock out TJ Dillashaw, but I do think he'll do enough to win at least three of the rounds. I agree wholeheartedly with all of that. So, um, so that I put the bow on that. Very, very good fight card. Um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's one of the best ones I've seen in, in some time, top to bottom. It's, yep. As far as, especially as far as stylistic matchups, there is meaningful right. fights in there too. Like right, like Miranda Maverick yep. wins that fight, she shoots up that division. You know, the winner at Costa Yanez is going to be right knocking on that door at Bantamweight. Like, there's some meaningful. Aspen Ladd could, you know, basically punch a title shot at Bantamweight with a win or at least a 
fight with Holly Holm on a main event of the Fight Night card because that's what you get when you win a couple in a row at Danaway. Um, but yeah, like they're meaningful fights, but all the style matchups are, are a good time. Yeah, should be a good time for all. So the Degenerates um, on our Slack, and oh, I'm supposed to give a shout out to the the Triple J uh, crew over on the. Uh, SGPN Slack and the uh, the fights um, site that would be Yong or Jong and who else? Who's the other J's? Joel and Juan, I believe. Anyhow, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and thanks for being true to Jens on the uh, on the Slack channel. So the, all those guys always want parlays because they're to Jens and they want big, big plus money. So do you have any like two, three, four, ten fight parlays here, Dan, that you can give these these degenerates? All right, let's see. If I was to build a parlay, and I'll look at the the numbers right now, I think I would start my parlay. Um, let's see. We we want somebody close to even, but somebody who's going to win. We'll, we'll start with um, we'll start with Jordan Williams because Jordan Williams has got a pretty good number by his name. I think we all feel pretty comfortable he's going to beat Mickey Gall. We'll add in Miranda Maverick. That's a really short. Uh, um, those are short odds there. Um, you put those two together, you're going to wind up right around plus 170. So I would say if you're going to do a two-leg two, two leg one, I like those two in there. Um, from there, if I want to get a little bit crazier, I'm going to add Puna Soriano, even though you took Brendan Allen. That'll get you to plus 400. And if you're still feeling too degen, so I'll go Jordan Williams, Miranda Maverick, Puna Soriano. If you're still feeling super degen, uh I'll add in the Sorodini Malavos, uh, and that'll get you up to uh, 1150 right around there. So almost 1200. That's gonna give you a 12 to one. And if you like more than that, you're a crazy person. So um, is that good? Is well, they are crazy, but is that good enough for you, degenerates? He's giving you a plus 1200. How many fights was that? Four. Four. Five? Only four. Only four. four. So I'm only you, four. Only four. Okay. So I think you're pretty good on there. You know, you want to here. We'll, we'll go one more. We'll go one more deep if you want. So, and I, and I ranked them in order. It's it's Williams. If you want to add somebody, add Maverick. If you want to add somebody, add Soriano. If you want to add somebody, add Imavov. And I'll add Belbita at the end of it. That okay. that'll give us because that'll give us uh, plus twenty three hundred. That'll give you twenty three to oh, one. <laughs> That's and uh, we didn't plan this in advance. Did you know I was going to ask you about huge parlay standards? Did you just do that off the top of your head? Um, no. So I, uh, if you use, man, wouldn't it be awesome if I was that good at calculating? I was out if I'm that good at calculating out the odds of parlays, first of all, my math skills should be used for something else. Um, but uh, which, by the way, I do have a math degree, so that's worth noting. But uh, no, go. if you uh, if you click a button at the top of best fight odds, they calculate parlays for you as you click the odds. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to say that that's all my brain, but. Uh, Sadly, no, I let Best Fight Odds do the work for me. Hey, hey, that's fine enough. Um, all right, let's do some. Let's do a lock. I think you know. Am I first this week? It's been so long. Let's let you have first since you have such a horrible time picking locks. I'll, I'll give but, you first pick because I have two that oh, I really? I think. Uh, and I oh, t- I tipped it a little bit in my parlay. I'm just going to take the first or second leg of my parlay, so you can. Take, oh, that's true. Okay, you can take whatever, whoever um, you want, and I'll take the yep. other one. All right, let me see. I'm scanning ones that we are on the same page is usually the first good step and then one that I like the number at. Let's take boom 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 boom. I could be gutsy and take some a plus one, but I'm not going to. I'm going to take 
Miranda Maverick minus 150. That's that's the right one. Um, and I'll take Jordan Thank Williams. That, I'll take Jordan Williams. All right. Uh, Jordan Williams awesome. over over Vicky Gall seems like a pretty easy one for me. And by the way, they were both guests last week on the Top Turtle MMA podcast. Oh, there you go. Oh man, what am I doing picking both <laughs> these people? So. Uh, who who are the um, that wraps up this fight card? Um, who are the guests this week on Top Turtle MMA I, podcast? As we wrap up here, I talked to Adrian Yanez this week, um, which is Mr. Uh, Dr. Pepper. Yeah, Mr. Dr. Pepper, who I actually just picked against, which uh, feels wrong, yep. but I did pick uh, Randy Costa. Smart, smart move, man. And then I uh, outside of the UFC, which I don't go outside of the UFC all that often for interviews, but uh, I did interview uh, this guy Dre Miley, who's fighting at X MMA. Uh, two, which is a promotion that I think not a lot of people know about XMMA because they're only on their second event, but it's being headlined by Ramsey Nijim versus Ben Saunders. Um, I know those guys. Yeah, which is like, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, in total, they have, I think they, I saw they had eight UFC fighters, former UFC fighters on the card. Kyle Bochniak is fighting, Marcus Brimage, Justin Scoggins, uh, Will Brooks, uh, Kenny Robertson, Steven Seiler. Like, just, like, a whole bunch of UFC guys. Um, but they also have this guy fighting on the prelims um, named Dre Miley. He's 8-4. and four. Um, He's three of his four losses have come to guys who are either in the UFC or on the um, Contender Series. And he has one eye. Um, and he's fighting, you know, he's amassed a, a really impressive 8-4 and four record with just one eye. Um, so with that being such an interesting story, uh, I thought that that was worth um, getting outside of my usual comfort zone of just interviewing UFC fighters and uh, adding one with him as well. Oh, very interesting. And you know about all these people, so it's not like it's hard for you to um, <laughs> ask pertinent questions because you've you watched, what, three out of four of uh, Elise Reed's fights for crying out loud. <laughs> I, I did, yeah. I watched a lot of a lot of Elise Reed fights. <laughs> I don't know if her family could say the same thing possibly. Just not, a, just not her Bellator fights, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, which is the strangest, which would be the easiest one to watch, but maybe not. Bellator is wacky. So. All right, um... I'm back on the horse. We did it. Hopefully, uh, we got you guys some good picks. We what agreed on everything except what two or one, maybe one. I, mean, I took pretty... I took Puna and you took uh, Brendan Allen. Brendan Allen. Yeah. I think that might have been it. That, that that's the main event, right, of the prelims. Did I did I, did I talk you into taking Darren Elkins? I talked you into taking yeah. Darren Elkins. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the path to victory is much more uh, clearly in his favor. Plus. That's a yeah, damn yeah. good number beside his name. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, that's good. So that means we're going to have another good week, and we're on the same page again. So um, as for the rest of you, Degens out there, make sure you follow our picks. Uh, you're supposed to bet 100 bucks in every fight. Uh, we haven't mentioned that for a few episodes, but that's what true hashtag Degens do. So that's what we that's what you have to do, $100 in every fight. It's it, You won't make money that way, but it, it's your uh, calling in life as a true Degen. You have to do it. Um you can read all our stuff on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I'll have my UFC preview going up uh, Thursday morning slash afternoon. Um, you can read all our stuff on MMA-Manifesto.com. Dan's got an article on Diana Balbita, or what's her new name? Um, Dan- Daniela. Daniela. Daniela <laughs> Balbita. Um, and he, he will also have the underdog. Uh, he's actually already posted. I haven't uh, haven't um, sent it out on socials yet, but he has the underdog pick on there for you too. So, um Head over to MMA-Manifesto.com. Check out um, 
you can check out the fight card lineup for this uh, week's event where you'll have links to a bunch of scheduling reports. You'll have the fighters' um, rankings. I do rankings based on their performances, so I have different rankings on the actual UFC. Um, I have up-to-the-minutes up to betting odds on there, all that stuff. So check out that. And uh, obviously, enter our free uh, pick'em contest. Uh, SGPN actually is sponsoring it currently. Uh, you get a 50-buck gift card to anywhere in the world that you would like if you win the contest. So um, we get hundreds of people playing. It's lots of fun, so make sure you get in on that. And as I mentioned earlier, um, our um, Slack channel is always cooking. Um, we have uh, SGPN Slack has um, basically channels for everything on there, Olympics, uh, food, liquor, fights, any, anything you could want as a, as a true hashtag to Jen. So make sure you find us on Slack. Um, follow us on Twitter. Jeff Fox writer, Gummy Vreeland would be his name. Um, what else should I tell them, Dan? Um, and subscribe, obviously, to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed if you haven't already. And download the SGPN app. I think that's all the – I think I've given them way too much homework. So um, do you want to take it home this week, Dan, or you want me to? Uh, you've been away for so long. Why don't, why don't you take it? <laughs> and I forgot to say my nickname. I am and was Juicy J. Jeff Fox, and he is and was Daniel Gumby Reland. And we will see you on Sunday where I will – Boast about beating Dan. Um, I'll say I'll go what eleven and one. He'll go ten and two. So talk to you then. <laughs>